The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. And Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward had tasted the water at that had become wine, they did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory. And the disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Almighty God. We thank you that you are teaching us about the abundance of your grace, that it is poured out upon us like a great gift of water into wine. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was younger and at home, this scripture lesson bothered me. I was raised as a young man with a strong Norwegian piety at the center of my faith. Our town was a dry town when I was growing up, except for the American Legion. So Jesus comes to a wedding, and he makes wine. Not just enough wine to get through the wedding, for the next three days, but enough wine for maybe the next three months? Why would Jesus mess up my theology? Why did he do that? I've learned a little something since then, and it's called grace. And this story tells us about how gracious God is. In Jesus' day, wine was very important. It was the normal beverage at meals and celebrations. Wine was a symbol of joy. One rabbi said, without wine there is no joy. And at the same time, to be drunk was a disgrace throughout the scriptures. So what's happening in the story? What's happening is that the host family of the wedding had run out of wine. 
And that would be a great insult. It would be a loss of honor. The friends, especially the inner circle of friends of the wedding group, would usually send gifts of wine and food to the family where the wedding was taking place. This was because a wedding would last six days. So if they did not have enough food or enough wine, what it meant was they had no friends. And if Jesus was among the inner circle that was hosting the wedding along with his mother, then he needed to bring a gift or there would be dishonor on him. So Jesus rescues the honor of the bridegroom and saves his own honor in the process. I like where Jesus and and Mary Mary is never named in the book of John, St. John. It's always the mother of Jesus. I like it when Jesus and Mary are talking. It strikes me as funny. She says, they have run out of wine. And Jesus says, they should have hired a better wedding planner. Maybe Mary was in charge of the wedding planner. And then she says to the servants, do what he says. And then she's looking at Jesus. Do you ever remember encouraging your kids to do something for the first time? Come on, you can do it. You know you can. You can turn the water into wine. You can do it, Jesus. That's what's funny. But there's a seriousness also. What did Mary, the mother of Jesus, see in this situation? What has Jesus been doing that she would say to him, they have no wine, expecting him to change something? What made it possible for her to see that a miracle could happen? How did she know, in our words, that it was time for an epiphany, a revealing, a pulling back of the veil around Jesus? The mother of Jesus appears only twice in the Gospel of John. At this wedding and at the cross. So, Mary says, do whatever he says. Do whatever he tells you. She had just asked him to do something. How often do we wish that we could ask Jesus to do something? Not even ask, to demand that Jesus do something. And yet that's not really faith, is it? What we have to do is what Mary did. Put something before Jesus and then let Jesus have the power to act to whatever is the best 
way that anything can happen. So the story continues. Jesus asks. He tells them, fill to the brim. Take the wine to the host. Serve it to the people. Drink. Celebrate. Hardest part in this whole story is the servants. How would you like to take a glass of water and say, spill it? And say, come for a communion. The wine is ready. Yeah, not this guy. But that's what the servants did. They were servants. They were the ones on the edge of the celebration. They were the ones to bring the food. They were the ones to bring the wine. They were the ones to watch what happened. They're the only ones to see the miracle. The chief steward tasted it. And we're guessing that the chief steward hadn't had too much wine. His taste buds were still working because it says it's the best wine now being served. And then the bridegroom and the bride and the guest, they drink this miracle water. But it's the servants who saw it. They saw it before their eyes. They saw it all. They're the ones that went home at the end of the party a week and tell the story of Jesus. They tell the promise of Jesus. They tell a new kingdom has happened. Six stone jars of water. 20 to 30 gallons, 120 to 180 gallons of wine, somewhere between 500 to 800 bottle liters of wine. That's a lot of wine. That's an abundance of wine. That's an abundance of great wine. That's an abundance of God's grace that we see and taste in those big jars. John starts out, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the rest of the gospel of John is showing us about grace, what it tastes like. Here it tastes like wine. There are seven signs. Three or four is the feeding of the 5,000. And there we taste that grace tastes like bread. It looks, it smells, it sounds, it feels like each of the seven stories. Jesus shows us grace. Epiphany. 
the unveiling of who Jesus is, turning water into wine, abundantly like grace. It's the breast wine when you're expecting the cheap stuff. Jesus is the source of grace, and we experience it. It can't be overlooked. 30 gallons times six, the best wine comes out. It's extraordinary. And at this point in the wedding, halfway through the week, why? So that we would learn that God is not stingy. Two people in the story, the steward and the disciples. The steward tastes the wine, and he calls the bridegroom, and he says, What happened? Why did you serve the good wine in the middle of the week? He's trying to find a reason. He's assuming he can name something that would make this naturally be understood. And then there's the disciples. At the end of the text, it says they believed. They saw wine from water. And it shatters their world. And they can either be like the, wine, the steward and try to explain it, or they can be transformed. And they were transformed. They believed in God revealing Jesus. One of the things of faith is that we do not try to make God fit what we want God to be. Miracles are hard to believe. You know, there's some theories. There was Kool-Aid stuck in the jar and it turned into wine. I don't, you know. But the point is, it is God working in a natural event, a wedding. So what do we take away with this story? We take away God is gracious. We take away God wants us to celebrate and be happy. We take away that weddings are okay, even with 180 gallons of wine. And we take away, oh yeah, we take away the ending verse, which wasn't read. The ending verse says this, After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. Stayed there means to remain or they lodged there, they dwelt there, they rested. 
After a week of partying at the wedding, they went back to Capernaum and they put up their feet and they slept. Resting in the Lord. That's the amazing part. It was an amazing party. It was an amazing coming out, amazing epiphany, amazing revealing of Jesus. And at the end of it, they rested. The point is, we need joy in our life. Amen.